Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is, the return to glory. being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel and our Twitter page as well. We have tons to talk about this week, including a blue and golden opportunity and the NFL's halfway point. But make sure you're following us on social media. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to our show on all the podcast uh, podcast feeds. If you're follow- If you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a rate and review. We'd appreciate that. And uh, make sure you are following along with our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. We also stream live uh, at LeibSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Just uh, just me and the brother again this week. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Oh, we're rocking and rolling. A couple beautiful fall days down here in the Bay Area. Nice and cool. Highs in the 70s. Looks that way pretty much all week. Should be my kind of Florida weather. Uh, just in time for summer to show up again, I would imagine. But uh, <laughs> but we'll take it while it's here. Feels like football. We're going to talk some football. And um, pretty excited about it. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm sure uh, you know everybody is is paying attention to some other things this evening. But uh, you know, there's there's probably not 
a lot of news to pay attention to as of right now. So we're going to provide a little bit of a distraction uh, for an hour or so and uh, and talk a little bit of sports. And, and that'll, uh, you know, just let everybody breathe, let everybody settle uh, a little bit. And, and I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing to do uh, as well. So, Sean, um, this weekend is the return of the Pac-12 uh, to the college football uh, field. And, and, and one thing uh, that, that, that we had, of course, posted earlier today, um, in, in the Big Ten, that is, uh, is Wisconsin once again having to uh, cancel a game. Their game with Purdue this weekend canceled uh, because they are up to uh, 27 cases of uh, COVID-19. Uh, a with third the, of a team. With the Badgers football team. Um, if they if they have to cancel one more game, they are no longer eligible uh, for the Big Ten championships. That's certainly something that we are going uh, to keep watch of. Uh, over well, the good the, news is, eligible or not, there was a good chance they weren't going to be there anyway. Probably, probably. Um, but uh, the Pac-12 returns to play <laughs> uh, this weekend, and, and we're going to predict one game, uh, that being the, the, the Oregon and, and Stanford game. Um, but... It's a seven-game season. It's an all-conference schedule. The, the 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 real question here is is you know, and I feel like you know, if you look at the rankings, um, I, I feel like Oregon is the Pac-12's only chance. But if we're being like really realistic about it, I I, I don't think that the the Pac-12 realistically has a a path to the college football playoff. And Oregon is sitting right now. At 13, there's a lot of teams ahead of them. Uh, none of them teams that they're going to play and have a chance at beating. And, you know, and, and there's already starting to be like the, this discussion on, you know, ESPN and, and CBS Sports and things like that. That, you know, if Notre Dame, obviously, if you're watching the video, you see a lot of green. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, Notre Dame with a big game this weekend, which we will obviously predict. With with if Notre Dame can split the season with with Clemson, there's a lot of people already putting them, you know, as as the number four team. You know, Clemson and Notre Dame would get in at this point. Alabama, Ohio State would get in, or the winner of the SEC and Ohio State would get in. Like, I, I just don't see a pathway for the Pac-12. I mean, I don't see very many, and not even you know. I mean, with Oregon, uh, sure they're sitting there, and I think at twelve or thirteen. You know, with maybe an eight or a nine or a ten game schedule, uh, you'd you'd have an opportunity. Uh, the trouble for Oregon is usually their opportunity for that one quality win or that 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 one or two quality wins is because uh, over the past few years they've scheduled some tougher games outside of conference because they realize, you know, if you're not playing, you know, uh, those ranked teams and 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 I'm looking at their schedule here. And uh, I mean, obviously, Stanford is a big game, but Stanford unranked and currently none of their, as far as I know, UCLA might be the closest because I don't think my my schedule shows the rankings as they are currently. But Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State. I mean, USC, Oregon, um, I believe right now are the only are the only two Pac-12 teams in, in the top 25. You're right. And they do not play each other. Yeah, so yeah, to me, you know, and I mean that late season game against Washington is there a chance Washington runs some wins and is is ranked at the time maybe, uh, but beyond that, you know, maybe UCLA is too. But I, I think those are going to be ranked opponents with a couple of losses. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Washington but, but, right now sitting uh, 10 spots in, out in the receiving votes, so theoretically they're 35th right. so, in the country. So That's you, a lot you of know, climbing. You have, you have that situation there, and it's – I don't I, – I just don't really see an opportunity. And, and the trouble is, as I said that comment that, like, could they be a couple loss, you know, low-ranked team, and then it dawned on me, I don't think anyone in the Pac-12 with – you know, those teams that aren't ranked now, if, if they drop a game – you know, or two, like two games, I don't think anybody's ranked. Because you're going to be, what, your your final record is five and two? Right. Is that rankable? Uh, you know, or, you know, I, I just don't think so. I think there's going to be enough teams that played 10 or 11 games with two, three, maybe even four losses. Um, some of them quality losses that are, that are going to pass those teams because they're going to be losses to other unranked teams so i I just uh i think it's a rough situation for the pac-12 good for them getting some revenue i guess but uh i I don't think it's a very realistic uh opportunity for them to represent their conference yeah no i i certainly don't either it's it's you know it's just one of those things that 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 in this season the nature of the thing i mean the fact that they're getting on the field is something to be uh i guess celebrated um you know because they the the schools on the west coast the cities on the west coast some of them uh, have been extremely strict on, on everything. So the fact that they're getting the opportunity uh, now to play, uh, I think, is is, is pretty big uh, in and of itself. So um, we're going we're gonna to move here to the picks, Sean, in, in college football and, and um, catching up on the, the picks against the spread for us from last week. I was 4-1 and one in college football, bringing my season total up to 14-10 and 10 overall. You were three and two for a nineteen and five overall. So again, uh, you know we're about halfway point ish. We, we got a month. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. there. I need you to have a really bad week, and I need to have a week where I, I really, uh, where I really uh, get a good one. Um, but we're starting. We have five games uh, uh, to pick this week. Four of them featuring uh, where both teams are in the top twenty-five. Uh, we're going to start with number nine BYU. They're seven and zero, oh, a two-point road favorite at number twenty-one Boise State. Uh, who is only two and zero? That the the Mountain West they're just getting started. Fifty nine and a half is the over under this one. Friday night nine forty five, uh, Eastern Time on FS one. Um, you know BYU is a team that that I think has probably surprised a few people that um, you know that, that they're in the top ten and they're making a little noise. But um, I, I just feel like in a game like this, something something about the blue field and 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 all of that. Uh, you know, you get a Friday night. It's a it's a little bit of a different schedule. Um, I like Boise State to uh, to get the home upset um, uh, in, in this one. Not only to to cover the two, get the win outright. I am definitely taking the over though. Um, this just feels like a classic. Uh, who you know, kind of whoever has the ball last, sort of a thing. Yeah, and you know, I, I was looking at it, and, and my um, you know my instinct went to uh, went to Boise State here, and um, you know, obviously, um, you know, a team that in in big games has has arrived and. Um, you know, I think because of that, this, you know, it looks like an opportunity for Boise state to kind of shock BYU. Uh, and I feel like a lot of folks are gonna, um, I just feel like a lot of folks are going to kind of think that I think the fact, uh, you know, I'm currently showing BYU by two and a half, but this opened as a Boise one point favorite spread, uh, which, which, which leads me to believe a lot of folks, um, you know, they're, they're still pulling for Boise and, and I, and I think that they're kind of a nationwide fan favorite, uh, but BYU is a team that, um, you know, some experts had picked even last year. Uh, they're a very good offensive team. And, and in this type of matchup, I don't know that you need to be that great defensively. But this is a team, you know, say what you will about their opponents. 
they have been, with the exception of a 27-20 win um, at UTSA, <laughs> Texas San Antonio, <laughs> um, we have they have obliterated people. Uh, 55-3 over Navy, 48-7 over Troy, 45-14 Louisiana Tech, uh, and then um, – even a, even a game against Houston, and these are programs that that although they're not really big right now, have historically had good football programs and have won you know games in this conference uh, over the past five or ten years. Uh, most recently, um, you know, a Western Kentucky blowout at forty-one to ten. So I mean, this is a, a team that's been rolling, um, and I you know, Bluefield or not, traveling way out west or you know a bit north or not, these are two of the westernest teams in the conference. I'm going to go ahead. And go against you. I'm going to give you that chance so far uh, to make your gain, if you will. I'm going to take BYU. We're going to take the Storm and Mormons. And we are going to um, ride the over with you, though. That's going to be a tidal wave of points. Uh, and I want to make sure that my surfboard's on top of it. There you go. All right, then we move to uh, the Big Ten. And, and this is probably one of the more surprising uh, matchups. If you looked at the Big Ten schedule, uh, at the start of the year and and where we are now and and where we went just from from one week to the next number 23 Michigan coming off that surprising loss uh to the Michigan State Spartans last weekend uh, a game where uh they looked lost Michigan State looked more like the the Michigan State of old so um that one very surprising they're one and one still a four point uh road favorite i have at number 13 Indiana who is now 2 and 0 of course, wins against Penn State and uh, and Rutgers. The fifty five is the over under. Uh, this one at noon on FS one. Um, yeah, I'm 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 a bit baffled by by what happened um, with, uh, with with Michigan, but I, I feel like it was a situation um, where th- this season is going to provide a lot of odd scenarios, and it's going to yield results that you don't expect sometimes, and and I think that's what we had there. Uh, I think Michigan State in the first week when they lost to Rutgers may have been looking ahead a little bit. Uh, I think it's a situation where, um, you know, their new head coach, they tur- he turned Colorado around pretty quick last year, and maybe you're already starting to see that that spin a little bit because it's not that Michigan State doesn't have talent. Um, it, it's that the, the, the prior coaching staff maybe just didn't know how to utilize it uh, and maybe lost the room. So uh, I, I'd like to hope here that the, the Michigan Wolverines get back on track. They settle themselves. They prepare a little bit better. Um, and, and, and they settle into this game. I, I, I still don't know how good Indiana is, but, but at two and 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 13 in the country, all of a sudden, you know, there, there's a lot of eyes on them that they're not quite used to. And I feel like the environment may be a little bit big for them. So I'm going to take Michigan to cover and obviously pick up the win here, uh, but I'm going to take the under as I feel like one thing Michigan wants to do, uh, it, really to control the game is, is look at that game from Minnesota, control the game on the ground, run the ball. Settle back down. Don't do anything too tricky, um, and 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 keep Indiana from spreading the field like they did against Penn State and like they did against Rutgers, and uh, which feels like such a weird thing to say. Like if Michigan has to slow down Indiana, uh, but but here we are. Uh, so I like Michigan to cover, and I'm going to take the under. All right, yeah, it's uh, definitely not the. Uh, it might be the numbered rankings I may have expected coming into this game. Kind of a stretch for Indiana there, but. I expect them to be a little flipped if I would have seen this at the beginning of the season. Um, kind of a tale of two surprising seasons, um, tale of a big win and a tale of a big loss. And um, I think they, you know, eyes are probably on Michigan here to um, 
to make the bounce back and kind of put that talent into perspective, um, trying to figure out, you know, what woes happened, what woes didn't happen. Um, but I, I, I will say this, you know, Indiana, are they for real? I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking at their schedule, and I would say with the exception of Ohio State, if there was another team right now with a path to the playoff, I feel like Indiana might be it. Now, they would obviously have to be for real, wow. and they would have to win all their games. But looking at their schedule, it sets up nice to impress people. Um, you know, with a chance to beat Michigan here, they go to Michigan or they, they go to Michigan State, then they play Ohio State. Um, they get a, a kind of a breather against Maryland, but then they go to Wisconsin, assuming they're playing football, and then they play Purdue. So they have enough breathable games between those quality op- opponents, and I think there's enough of them. If one of those wins from where they're sitting in, you know, at, at 13, uh, if one of those wins uh, were, were against a Ohio State Buckeye team and they went undefeated, I, I think this team's in the in the discussion, especially if they're beating teams well. And I would not have predicted that two weeks ago. I would not have predicted that, you know, one week ago. I, I, I don't know that I would have seen uh, that schedule and been like, this is definitely a chance. But you know what? You already got one win against a, a top uh, build team. Why not? Why not some more? Uh, and because of that, I think I'm going to take Indiana in this game. Uh, I think they're going to continue to ride high. Uh, I think they're, this is still a chance for them to surprise people. I think they're coming out with Michigan uh, as the favorite. Um, I, I think it just shows that Indiana still needs to surprise some people, and I think they do. Uh, maybe get them a good build uh, build game against Ohio State just to get it uh, have the train derail right there uh, against the uh, the Buckeyes from Columbus. But uh, but I think this one I'm going to take Indiana. Uh, I'm going to take the over. So I'm going to go exact opposite. I think Indiana. Same reason you needed it under for Michigan. I needed over for Indiana. I think they need to score some points, uh, and I think maybe Michigan State set a blueprint for them. Uh, give me the Hoosiers uh, at home. Crazy, absolutely crazy. I mean, what what. <laughs> What this else, is a basketball game. Right? What else besides 2020 would provide an opportunity for Indiana to, to have a clear road to a college football playoff? Right. Um, this is a basketball game, right? That's what we're – Yes, yeah. We're we're, yeah it's, uh, it's an early okay, – Yeah, then give me the Hoosiers. I've seen the movie. <laughs> it's a very early season basketball game. Uh, then we go to the SEC. Number eight, Florida. They are 3-1 and one at number five, Georgia. 4-1, and one, a six-point uh, home favorite, 52-and-a-half. Uh, is the over-under on this one, 3.30 on CBS. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go here. I'm I, I'm already going to tell you I'm taking the over. Because <laughs> uh, as we've seen with, with these big, uh, with these big um, SEC games uh, over the last couple of years, they yield a lot of offense. This isn't necessarily the conference of defense anymore. So I'm going to definitely take the over here. Um, and this one, this one is 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 so strange. You know, Florida's uh, coming off a big win last week. They finally got back on the field. Uh, you know, their coach is hyped up. They had that big fight. Um, so they're a team that's just scrapping. They they know that uh, you know it's going to be a fight to the uh, college football playoff in the SEC title game. And Georgia, um, you know, they they've looked pretty good despite obviously the loss to Alabama, but. I, I still think that they're they're working on finding their identity and and, and if they can kind of get over that hump of um, uh, what we know Georgia is and that that's sometimes a team that disappoints um, themselves and their fans. So I'm Sean. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna get pretty bold here. Um, I'm not necessarily say Florida is going to win this game. It would not shock me to see them actually pull the upset, 
but I think they are going to cover that six points. I feel like that number is pretty big. These teams are very evenly matched. So I'm going to take Florida to cover, um, and I'm definitely taking the over, and you can go ahead and lock that up. You better lock Whoa. it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Wow, pretty sure of yourself there mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. lock. Yeah? Yes. All right, well, I'm going to try to, to unlock that lockbox right there <laughs> uh, because I see this line in a completely different light. I think it's a small line. Uh, I think um, I think when when you're looking at um, kind of uh, Georgia there, and and obviously uh, you know obviously last week uh, Georgia seemingly struggled against a uh, against a Kentucky squad, uh, only putting up 14 points, uh, but the defense didn't struggle at all, only giving up three. Uh, and I and I think that's the the real battle of this game is going to be um, is it going to be Florida's uh, high scoring offense? Is it going to be Georgia's? Uh, just bone crushing defense, and and I and I think the defense is just a little more grounded here. Uh, I think especially with it, um, with it being um, um, being kind of off a sour performance for Georgia. I expect the offense to bounce back there, and uh, and I think Georgia is really going to come to play. Uh, I think Georgia, um, you know, I said kind of earlier in the year that I think they, you know, if there was a year for them to to maybe beat Alabama, this is it. They they've sputtered a little bit here, but found ways to win, and. Um, I think this is a, a game to kind of get it back on track and put them on the map. Uh, Florida's defense, in my opinion, is awful. Uh, so if there was a game to get the offensive wheels going, this is a good one. Uh, and I actually think this line is a great betting line. If you're betting against Georgia or betting uh, on Georgia, uh, they have a chance to really kind of um, kind of show some people uh, that they are for real again. Uh, and I'm going to take Georgia. Um, I'm going to take um, – was the over under at 53 52 and a half yeah it's a 50. 52 and a half 53 um i'm going to take the under uh i th- i think you know they're going to get the wheels the wheels cranking uh but but probably not high enough uh it's always a gutsy play taking the under but we don't keep track of that anyway uh <laughs> so give me georgia um Georgia and the points. All right, very good. Then we go to, like I said, the only the only Pac-12 game uh, we have this weekend that's featuring those Stanford Cardinal uh, and the number 12 uh, Oregon Ducks. Uh, neither team with a win, obviously, or a loss because the, they're just getting back underway. Uh, Oregon, 11.5 point home favorite. Uh, 52 is the over-under one on this one, 7.30 on ABC. Uh, I feel like this one's fairly easy. I think, I think you know, I think Stanford's going to compete early on. They usually do. But I think they're just going to get outmatched. I think I think David Shaw, um, in, uh, in in out there at Stanford is is just he's kind of on the end of his rope here. And um, with with the with the the, the recent struggles uh, that Stanford has had, so I just I, I see them struggling here against a, a very good, very quick, very athletic uh, Oregon team. So I'm gonna take Oregon plus uh, the eleven and a half, and I'm definitely taking the over. <laughs> Yeah, I think this. Um, you know, I was ready to take the lock on Georgia. I, I kind of pulled it when you uh, when you put the lock on the other side. We didn't want to confuse folks. Lock up both sides. <laughs> uh, this was of the ones that I thought we might be picking. Uh, as as gutsy as it is to, um, to to do it on a on a game where two teams haven't played. I think you're right. I think Oregon's way too fast, um, and um, Stanford uh, just just not really going to be able to compete with this one. Oregon knows that they got to make a show early, they got to make a show often, and they got to score a ton of points. So they are going to push the over. They might do it on their own 51 <laughs> points. Uh, so I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Oregon. Uh, it's going to be a quack fest uh, up there in the Pacific Northwest, and you can put the lock on this one. Yeah, I figured that one was coming. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. 
lock it up. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to make it uh, too easy on myself uh, with the right. with the lock. So I uh, can't fault you for doing it. And then, of course, we go to the big one. This is this is the big the the marquee game of the weekend of of uh, for yeah, I us a good one in South Bend. This for week. us, the entire season. This game was on the schedule. Either way, this weekend, uh, it was this weekend, this game did not move uh, with the shuffling and Notre Dame getting into the ACC because of all the changes. Number one, Clemson, 7-0, they're coming in six and a half point road favorites at number four, Notre Dame, who is 6-0, 51 uh, is the over-under on this game, uh, 7.30 on NBC, um, and uh, as you can see by... Uh, our shirts, our backgrounds, our colors, everything—it's a—it's a green week uh, here for the for the for the knees boys. Um, as uh, Notre Dame has instructed us to, I, I don't know if the uh, if the Irish are wearing green uh, the green jerseys this weekend, but we will uh, we will see about that uh, come Saturday. Uh, for me, Sean, I mean, I, I, I'll already say it. I'm, I'm picking Notre Dame to cover. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it, they have the defense to do it. The key here, and this is why I'm taking the under in this game, is for Notre Dame to win this game. I think they have to that they have to rely on their run game. I mean, that Ian Book's going to have to make plays. There's no there's no question about it. He's going to have to make plays that he he doesn't necessarily always make, but he's going to have to make them on Saturday. But but the for for Notre Dame to win this game, I think they have to control the line of scrimmage um, on both sides of the ball, but especially when they are on offense. Run the run the ball. They're one of the best running offenses in college football, and keep their defense fresh because you, you got to slow down ETN and, and that Clemson offense, which is a very hard thing to do. Um, and there was even a couple of points this past week as Georgia Tech, where Georgia Tech's receivers got behind Notre Dame secondary. So you can't let Clemson do that to you. You have to control. Um, so so for me, that's why I'm taking the under. If Notre Dame wants the chance, and I think they have it, I, I think. Um, out, out of all the years where Notre Dame's had, have had one of these opportunities to surprise and win one of these games, I feel like this year is, is one of our best chances. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, uh, out again with COVID, uh, he's expected, uh, as long as he passes and everything to travel with the team to South Bend, he'll be on the sideline, but will not be playing. This is Notre Dame's opportunity. And I think they can do it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think you hit a, hit a couple real key nails on the head there. I, I, I think needing to run the ball is, uh, huge, uh, you know, kind of a, a red flag for Notre Dame is we, we, we have for some reason, uh, struggled to run the ball at times, whether it was refusing to call the plays, refusing to run the plays or just not executing. We have seen all those things happen this year. Uh, this would not be the game for that to happen. You got those big grass fed boys, uh, in the middle, uh, obviously Clemson's defense, very very fast, very strong uh, at stopping the run. So, that, so that's going to be a test for us. Uh, you may have to get a bit inventive to do it, uh, but you want to run the ball. Uh, on the other side, a pretty good running game coming your way. Uh, a very good running back uh, for Clemson, um, bringing, a, bringing a touchdown streak with him. And um, they're obviously going to want to run the ball too. I mean, this isn't Trevor Lawrence uh, behind center. Obviously, an extra week to practice is going to help, but uh, – you know, still kind of a thing where, you know, there's going to be that mindset for, for, uh, for the youngster, just don't mess it up to keep the train rolling, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I like, um, I like Notre Dame's defense too. I, I think, uh, I think this is one of the better units we've had in a really long time. Uh, I think it's an opportunity to maybe, uh, 
keep some uh, scoring down. I'm actually kind of surprised the the over-unders where it is. I think it is going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be kind of similar to what we what we used to see out of the SEC and those low-scoring uh, kind of battley brawls uh, down in, you know, the old LSU Alabamas and, and those uh, Auburn, any game involving Auburn <laughs> used to be like <laughs> 9-3. I don't know if it's going to be quite that low scoring, but um, but yeah, uh, you know, and and if Ian Book can make some plays, uh, hopefully it doesn't all rest on his shoulders. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame uh, to not only cover but to win outright because I think you have to. I think both teams are very aware of the fact that this season is kind of shaping up to have these two play again. Uh, you know, pending no letdown. Obviously, if Notre Dame does what I do, and um, and uh, pull off uh, this this upset, uh, you know. Obviously, there's that Boston College game looming uh, off in the off in the mist there. Uh, so we 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 don't want to take that one for granted, especially after the performance last week. But uh, um, you got to play the one in front of you. I think Notre Dame wins this one uh, because they need to. I think Clemson just sits and waits for us, and we get a chance um, to maybe be the favorite going in, or or a higher ranked. Uh, underdog, who knows how that'll look with Trevor Lawrence under center at a championship game. Uh, sure. Give me the Irish, give me the under, and um, should be an exciting one in South Bend. Now, if 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 Trevor Lawrence were, were on the field, um, I mean, I not James. I, right, but I, I think that you you know the, a six and a half line. I think you're looking closer to two touchdowns, maybe I was more. Say Fourteen to seventeen, somewhere um, in there, probably. You know, do you think Notre Dame has has a chance at this point in the season if Trevor Lawrence is on the field? I mean, you got, you got to approach it the same way. Control yeah, the, I mean, control you're going to approach. You're going to kind of give the similar um, similar prep, uh, you know. And and obviously, your game plan's not going to change too much. At least not offensively. Uh, obviously, defensively, you got to key in on on some different things. And uh, you know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a a bit more of a, a firecracker as far as unpredictability goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you probably just you know go into the mindset be be more aware that you may have to pass more. Uh, because you may find yourself in a bit of a shootout. But, I, I mean, Notre Dame probably would cover that 17 points. Again, I, I think it would still be a fairly low-scoring game. Um, but I, I think with, with the opportunity here without Trevor Lawrence, I, I think this this team's, you know, even if you fall in a bit of a hole early, is going to take some chances uh, and realize this may be the opportunity to secure yourself a spot uh, and maybe a chance to play this team a third time. Absolutely. All right, Sean, we're going to take a pause here and uh, and pay some bills and hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, obviously, we'll talk about the uh, the NFL at the midway point uh, and uh, predict the four biggest games in the National Football League this with this weekend. Stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. 
Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. We never stop. back huddle up podcast we are live here on facebook twitter and youtube if you are following along with us interact with us i know we uh, a little bit lighter on the uh live viewers i think everybody's probably a little bit distracted this evening and that's uh and that's fine we certainly understand it there's uh it's a pretty big night here in the uh in the u.s but uh if you're with us uh interact with us leave some comments and we'll uh or some questions, and we'll interact with them. Make sure you are subscribed to us on uh, on all of our social medias, as well as uh, in the podcast feed and all of that. So uh, we are glad to be with you, and you can always uh, listen to us on demand on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Android, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and uh, pretty much anywhere uh, Spotify that you want to uh, that you can find. Uh, your podcast. So uh, make sure you check us out. We'd appreciate it. Um, all right, Sean, before we get to the, the NFL picks for the uh, for the weekend, uh, we're at the midway point of the NFL season and um, been some surprising things, been some not so, not so surprising things. So I want to just kind of go maybe some winners and losers of the uh, the first half of the NFL year, maybe look at who we think the, uh, the MVP to this point is. And um, and uh, maybe like offensive rookie of the year or something like that, um, you know. For, for winners, I mean, I think you're looking at, at, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they, they haven't been perfect, but it feels like they're starting to put uh, they're starting to put it together a little bit and 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 improve week by week. Um, the Green Bay Packers. You know, I, I sat here on our uh, on our preview show, and I was like, you know, they're going to hit the midway point. They're going to hit the trade deadline. Um, you know, and, and they're going to be looking to, you know, to, to, to be sellers at the deadline. They're going to move Aaron Rodgers. His time in, in, in Green Bay is done. And boy, could I not have been more wrong about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah, that, uh, that wasn't great. It wasn't great for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, Green Bay, you got to consider them to be a winner. You're looking in the AFC, I think, um, you know the Bills and Dolphins, but definitely the Dolphins. They made the the switch to Tua. They pick up another win, the three game win streak. You know they're they're looking like a team uh, that that has uh, potential to win that division. And I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at seven and zero. So two two teams from each each conference, Sean, that that I think have done pretty well for themselves here in the first half of the year. Oh well, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's two winners that people expected to be winners. Obviously, the Chiefs. Uh, sitting at seven and one right now atop the West, uh, and and of course Seattle also a one loss team. Uh, nothing to hang your hat on being a one loss team at this point. I was going to point out the Green Bay uh, would be a big <laughs> winner for me to this point, uh, just to kind of uh, you know rub that in your wounds a little bit. Uh, Miami, I, I don't really know how to feel. I, I feel like it, you know, like you said, four and three. This is a team defensively that looks really strong. They're making great plays on special teams. Uh, they're starting to believe in themselves. Uh, what concerns me is, uh, uh, you know, you didn't see a lot from Tua. You saw his first touchdown pass. 
Um, other than that, uh, you know, I, I saw some some ratings as far as you know all those like analytics and and who you know catchable balls and uh, you know they throw everything else in that that you know they they had him rated pretty low as a uh, as like an efficient passer. Um, may have been some of the game script a little bit, but um, but I got to say I, I didn't see a lot of zip on the ball. I, I saw a lot of accuracy, but it, but a lot of those balls look very interceptable. Um, I, I don't know what you're going to see here. I, I'm worried that maybe that switch to Tua um, might be what what kind of prevents them from from doing just that. But um, but definitely at four and three at this point in the season, uh, you got to say it's a win for them. Um, you know, uh, you know, teams like the Bears. You know, how real are they? Um, the Saints, I, I think, are winners at this point for uh, seemingly. Um, you know, a lot of the games not looking uber impressive at times, you know, being down arguably your best player for pretty much the whole year uh, to be sitting here at five and two and a chance to, you know, if you can pull off a win here, if Michael Thomas plays, whatever the scenario is, if you can pull off a win here in Tampa this weekend, you know, you're sitting right on top of your division again. And, you know, people start to question, like, is it Tom's year? So uh, you got a chance to kind of put a statement there. Um, big winner right now, though, I mentioned Seattle, Arizona. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, um, another example of a winner that, so far for me. Uh, Kyler Murray seems to have kind of silenced critics, at least for a while. I think you're still going to see some people make fun of his mechanics and his accuracy a little bit. Uh, but with what he does with his legs, it's real hard. You know, people um, you know, people are real quick to forgive uh, an interception here or there when you're running for 120 yards and a touchdown <laughs> every week. Uh, you can kind of just hang a, a pick I wish I, wish I knew what that was like. Yeah, it'd be... I'd nice. I'd kill for a quarterback that threw for a hundred yards every week at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, big surprising thing for me uh, before I shoot it back over to you. I'd say um, you know one thing I've noticed, and and I think maybe the lack of fans plays into it a little bit. Is typically in the NFL, I feel like you see a little more parity, uh, and and there there have been upsets. There have been weeks where you know somebody goes, hey, maybe that team's for real. Oh, never mind. Uh, you know, and we had those kind of surprising twists and turns. Um, but when you're looking at the records and you're looking at, um, you know, kind of who's shuffling where, I, I think the middle of the road teams, those teams that like with the fan base behind them uh, and and a chance to play, a, uh, you know, their tougher games at home, uh, maybe maybe uh, rally to beat teams with some crowd noise. Um, you're not seeing that. And I, and I think maybe the lack of noise and, and attention sometimes um, takes that upset ability out of it and I, and I think as a whole you're seeing uh the teams that you would expect to win uh win the games where we're seeing the upsets are kind of more like middle tier and close matchups you're just not seeing you know the uh Jacksonville Jaguars pull that you know surprising upset against the Kansas City Chiefs because I feel like skill sets are just kind of starting to uh to kind of play things out uh the way we're seeing it so uh there's still plenty of good games every week and there's a lot of close match games uh, but but unfortunately, we're not really seeing that parity. So the NFL as a whole kind of loses out a little bit there, uh, sure. as do that kind of lower middle tier team that might have uh, won just enough to get into the playoffs. Uh, may now finish a few games out, but uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to see football, and and um, I don't know uh, any surprises you've seen. Um, I mean, my Cowboys would probably be the one uh, that has been most surprising, and and I mean, obviously, you you never plan for. Uh, an injury like happened to Dak Prescott, but um, just for for as bad as they played with Andy Dalton under center, um, for as bad as the defense, I don't think the defense was ever expected to be, uh, you know the the 
the the stronghold of this of this team this year but for as bad as they've been um and then you know not even having the guts to stand up for a quarterback that gets his head taken off um just i mean that's one of my bads and surprising things um of of the first uh, the first half of the year is is just um you know how how lost they are and and, and apparently you know Dak Prescott much more important to that team um, then, then I think anybody cared to realize if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you have a really hard choice now. Um, you know, because if the season continues to progress how it is, you're going to end up with it with, you know, right now, I think they're sitting at the number six pick. Um, it doesn't look like it's getting much better. Um, so if you're going to have a top five, top six, top seven pick, you got to make a choice there. Are you, you going to commit to Dak Prescott and, and start to put some defensive positions in place? Your offensive line has zero depth. You got There's a lot of rebuilding in this Dallas Cowboys team, so they're going to have a lot of choices um, in front of them. Then one of my bads and, and maybe surprises um, as well, Sean, would, would have to be uh, the New England Patriots. I, I thought uh, with, with, with Cam Newton um, – you know, I expected them to be a little bit competitive. Uh, you know, and and uh, after a, a pretty decent start, that team has has realistically just kind of fell fell off the cliff to the point where it's like, do you even continue to play Cam? Do do you throw another quarterback out there? Do you do you put it in the tank? And maybe keeping Cam in is putting it in the tank. And and, and you're trying you're trying to get in that that um, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I mean, it's going to be a hard. Hard thing to catch up to the Jets because they probably will not win a game for as bad as they are. Um, but but otherwise, you know, those are my surprises and, 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 and negative things in the first half, the Cowboys uh, and the Patriots. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're kind of a gutsy better, better and you're kind of playing with the trends, maybe get your money in now. Bet on the New York <laughs> Jets twice. Two games, one at New England, one hosting New England. Maybe this is the, the effort to throw in the towel and, you know, part of me said, let's uh, maybe we bench Cam Newton, you know, like a really, really throw in the towel. And then I thought, well, why would you do that? Get a young rookie in there that might accidentally win a game? I don't think so. You already have a quarterback that can't win a game. We, they, we, we know what, you know, defenses know what Cam Newton looks like. And, and unfortunately for him and, and unfortunately for that offense and that fan base, uh, it hasn't looked that different. I thought maybe with um, kind of the inventiveness of that coaching staff, maybe the ability to use his size, but then also get things downfield. Um, but now you're starting to see injuries pile up for him too, and 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 I think, um, you know, as good as that defense has, has looked at times, um, you know, they may start dragging too. Not as much depth as we thought they'd have this year. Um, I'm not saying they're going to take a slide here, and I don't think Bill Belichick wants to lose any games and uh, kind of mar that career record of his. Um, but you know, tanking for Trevor would solve the problem of replacing Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I, I don't really see that happening. Like you said, the Jets are awful. The fact that, you know, I made a point the other week for fantasy irrelevant touchdown was the Jets scoring a touchdown, and then the following week they didn't <laughs> score any. They um, heard you. They, they're like, we don't want to be heard, on that. They're like, well, that's true. We don't want to be on that show. We'll just uh, keep kicking field goals and, and call it that's a day. That's all right. But, we don't uh, want the Jets uh, on our show either. But, yeah, and, um, you know, and – um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to have you hear me out on this. I, I think one winner, and it's a, it's a stretch, are the Philadelphia Eagles, and here's why. Uh, you have a team that, uh, as bad as the Cowboys have been, been dismantled with injuries, uh, has also been dismantled with injuries. Uh, now you're starting to see guys get healthier. Uh, you're starting to kind of figure out what you had uh, in your receiving core. 
Nobody's now like clamoring for Alshon Jeffrey to show up. <laughs> um, you know, you've lost Zach Ertz, but Goddard's back out there. You get a chance to see what he can do. And you're going to have Miles Sanders coming back here probably after the bye. And even if not, Boston Scott has played pretty well in his absence. So you have an offense that's kind of starting to click. You have a defense that has uh, the um, second place in the league in sacks in Brandon Graham, a secondary that has, for the most part, played way better than people expected. You almost had a win against Baltimore. Um with the exception of Chase Claypool blowing off the face of the earth, you played really well against Pittsburgh <laughs> and you beat San Francisco um, with no one on your roster. And now you're sitting here, uh, you know, and everybody's been bashing this NFC East uh, and their records and how all oh, these teams, you can't have a team under 500. Now your first place team's a half game under 500. Uh, and, if, and if you can just play a better than 500 record from this point forward, which, by the way, includes three games against the NFC East. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're looking at Giants – football team Cowboys uh, for three of those games. You know, if you win all three of those, you're sitting real good. What's that? It's like the trifecta from hell. (laughs) It's it's, but when you're looking at a schedule and you need some wins, it looks pretty good. So, you know, I think think the Eagles are sitting at a point where they could easily finish nine and seven, um, you know, and kind of take the NFC East. Are they going to? Time will tell. Um, but, um, but, But that's why I consider them winners. I think they're sitting at a really good spot here. Uh, and a chance to really get their wheels moving in the I, right direction. At I the wouldn't. Right time. I wouldn't disagree with you on that, Sean. I, I think they have benefited from the Dak Prescott injury and, and the Cowboys' poor mm-hmm. defensive play, and Washington being Washington, and the Giants being the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that. All that said, you can win with luck. Sure, and and with all that said, I mean, I, I look at it that an Eagles team that, um, I mean, with it with it, an exception of of a couple of, um. You know, really poor offensive line plays and and a, and a rookie quarterback that that was a little overmatched. Uh, the Eagles didn't impress me all that much against uh, the Cowboys this past week. So yeah, they'll, I mean, they'll probably win the NFC East. Um, but what what it'll look like when you actually get to that postseason will, will be another story. But uh, we'll watch it play out here over the next uh, eight weeks or so. Uh, and and really, uh, the the two other kind of categories. I think MVP is a, a fairly easy one. I think Russell Wilson is your is your uh is your leader at this point I, I don't think there's anybody else that's making a stronger case than russell wilson for mvp at this point no absolutely not um now you know obviously as it shakes out unfortunately for russell there are some teams there's a team chasing him uh and a quarterback that may have outplayed him in a head-to-head matchup in kyler murray i don't know that kyle but the thing is, is like you know, if Kyler may not put up the numbers that Russell Wilson is, but if they finish with a better record for some reason, uh, win the NFC West, you know, Russell Wilson could kind of get they're they're chasing him, only a game behind, they still get sure. to play another time. Uh, so so um, you know, it, it could be a scary thing for for Russell Wilson there because um, Kyler Murray's just as important to that Arizona team as as Russell Wilson is to the uh, to the Seahawks. Uh, but Russell's just. I mean, he, and the thing is, I think people take Russell for granted because he's made it look so easy for this many years. That yeah, I'd agree. People just, you know, people just like expect it to happen. Like, oh, he's going to do. It's almost like a Michael Vick effortlessness to his passing, where it's just kind of like, I'll just take a few steps and there's a sixty yard on a rope touchdown. You know, and and people are like, yep, that's Russell. And um, unfortunately for his credit, it, it's the reason why you know zero MVP votes uh, to this point in his career, which to me is absolutely mind boggling. If there's a stat in the NFL over the last decade <laughs> that baffles me more, nothing on the field will baffle me more than Russell Wilson, never receiving an MVP vote. There <laughs> yeah. are voters in the Pacific Northwest, by the way, 
that watch him play every right. week. Right? How, how does still, that happen? I, I, how I, does anyone in Seattle not vote for Russell Wilson? You know, and I, 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 I just I, don't I, understand. I know my pal Ernest Christian. You know, he's been he's been banging the drum on on Russell Wilson mm-hmm. for a long time, and and you know, if you if you don't want to say that this guy's the the uh, you know undisputed. MVP every single season, that's fine. But for him to not to get a vote uh, at, at any point in his career is just absolutely baffling. He is he is so good, and, and, and typically in a position where you have taller guys um, that that, that com- kind of command the view of the field. I mean, he's a smaller guy, and that's why I thought coming out of college, I didn't think he was going to be uh, what he has become. But, but yeah, he is just absolutely special. And then, uh, like, Offensive Rookie of the Year, we've had a couple of, uh, of great candidates – um, for, for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm super impressed with Joe Burrow, uh, and what he's done so far in, in Cincinnati. And, and, um, I mean, I think that the least number of, of yards he's thrown for in a, in a, in a game is, is like 280 this week. He put up over four. Yeah, I think he's been at least over 250, 270 every this week. week. I think he put up 400 yards in a, in a, in a, I think in a win against Cleveland. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's looking good. He has young receivers there. Um, in a situation for a long time that you had a head coach, you couldn't figure out how he still had a job. You had players that were just trying trying everything they could to get out of Cincinnati. And now all of a sudden, you know, that that, that team, I'm not saying that they're they're great and they're they're not gonna necessarily challenge for the division this year. Um, but but you start to put the, a few more pieces around Burrow and this offense, uh, and these young receivers, and, and I think there there may be something building here uh in, in Cincinnati. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, and, and and I think you know you know unfortunately for him, uh, it's not one of those scenarios where, where we've seen in the past where you get some uh, some good rookie quarterbacks that come out and they wind up in a division where it's very winnable. You know, for years the AFC South was kind of this. Well, if Andrew Luck, why not Andrew Luck? Uh, nobody else really wants to win, and 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 it just kind of was that you know post Peyton Manning, like who's going to take this over kind of scenario. Unfortunately for Joe Burrow, um, good news is the Browns are there. That's the good news. Uh, you just lost a shootout to him, but uh, there's no reason why you can't finish ahead of the Browns, no. if not this year, at least in years to come. The bad news is, is you have a very good uh, Baltimore Ravens defensive team and, and, a, and a superstar in Lamar Jackson. You um, you have a Pittsburgh Steelers um, unit that, that has a tremendous defense. Now, obviously, the big question mark in Pittsburgh is how long is Ben going to play and who's going to fill his shoes when he's gone? You know, so so you folks hoping to ride Chase Claypool into your dynasty league glory, just remember <laughs> that scenario is coming. Uh, but not um, a big uh, Mason Rudolph believer there, Sean. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I don't think Mason Rudolph's a Mason Rudolph believer. Um, but I'll say this: uh, Joe Burrow uh, has impressed the hell out of me. I, I think um, I think the kids. Uh, the kid's real good. He's got moxie. He, he likes to win. He, he wants to put his team in positions to win. That team just hasn't had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of get up and go. You know, he, he's, he's put his team in position. It's just a matter of, of, of getting over that hump. Uh, I think a guy that may challenge him by year's end, and, and it just may have to do with, um, you know, total numbers. He didn't start uh, immediately uh, to start the season, but Justin Herbert out in uh, Los Angeles. Good point. I want to say San Diego, but the Chargers – uh, that guy's putting on a show, um, and it's it's. Um, I think it's a bit flashier than Joe Burrow's. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, and, and it's not a that unsimilar of a situation. I mean, you have a Keenan Allen that he's got uh, throwing the ball to, but um, I mean, technically, Joe Burrow has an AJ Green, kind of that aging veteran 
uh, center of the offense. Both guys have a lot of young ones underneath. Mike Williams is loving having Herbert there, a chance <laughs> to stretch the field. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I think, um, you know, you know, the fact that you both quarterbacks have lost starting running backs at various points in the season uh, and have still kind of been like, yep, put them on my shoulders, coach. I got it. Um, been pretty impressive to watch both those young men play. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's um, let's go four games, Sean, in the uh, in the NFL week uh, weekend as as we always do, and uh, we will start. Uh, well, let's look uh, against the spread. I did not, Sean. I did not have a good week uh, against the spread this past weekend. I went one and three in the National Football League, uh, so I'm sitting at sixteen and eleven overall. You went two and two. You were sitting at nineteen. Uh, and six overall bye weeks this week in the NFL. Eagles, Rams, Browns, and Bengals. Uh, but let's go up to Buffalo, New York. The six and one Seattle Seahawks, a two point road favorite uh, at the six and two Buffalo Bills. Currently AFC East leader Buffalo Bills. Uh, Fifty four is the over under on this one. One o'clock on Fox. Um, yeah, I think the Bills still showing a bit of vulnerability here. I don't. I don't think they. Um, have quite gotten over the hump the way they've wanted to. Uh, I don't think they're exactly where they want to be at this point. I, I'm still not totally sold on Josh Allen at this point. Um, so I'm going to take Seattle on the road, not only to cover, but to win this game. Um, and then uh, I am uh, I am going to go with the under uh, in this game because I just think Seattle's defense is going to get at uh, Josh Allen and, uh, and disrupt him all day. So Seattle... Uh, to win, to cover, and uh, and the under. Yeah, Buffalo's a bit of an anomaly to me. Uh, I'm looking at that spread at uh, – now the 54 makes me feel comfortable. I was trying to check a weather forecast. I was trying to figure out how do they feel that Russell Wilson's not going to uh, – um, uh, not going to just, just pummel this team uh, with a, with only a two-point um, spread there, two-and-a-half point, but uh, – yeah, I don't. I don't see uh, Buffalo's been just kind of spinning the wheels now. Buffalo did find, or maybe have uh, finally come to their senses and uh, realized that uh, Zach Moss is the um, uh, guy to feed the ball to over a Singletary, a guy that's had a well over a year to kind of establish some dominance in that backfield and, and just hasn't been able to do it. Uh, I'm hoping that you know they've kind of learned that one, we got to get the ball out of Allen's hand a little more before we kill him. And, um, you know, they leaned a little heavier on that running game this past week. And um, you know what? It worked. Um, it wasn't as flashy. It didn't, uh, you know, probably go as, as it went in their plan book uh, leading up to the game. But they did well. Uh, and they they, uh, they found a way to win. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Uh, you know, you it just doesn't shape up well for me. I, I feel like you have a defense in Seattle that has kind of overachieved based on what people thought, you know, despite the fact that um, – you know, from a passing perspective, it's a sieve. Uh, you know, they, they, they've given up a ton of yards and points through the air. Um, when push has come to shove and they've been in a position where they needed to make a stop, they have been able to do that. They get a good pass rush, uh, and it, it is still tough to run against Seattle. Uh, so it's going to have to come down to Allen. Um, but the good news is sometimes the best defense is a great offense. Uh, and on the other side, you have a Buffalo defense that I feel has kind of disappointed. I feel like this was supposed to be uh, kind of that season where Buffalo really established themselves as a defensive powerhouse. I think over the past few years, they've looked real good. Um, and it, it, it felt like they were kind of crowning and, and kind of going to get over that that mountain a little bit. And and they haven't. Uh, and they've given up, um, you know, some really embarrassing uh 
kind of performances. And, and, and I think this is going to be one of them. I think Russell Wilson um, continues his show. I think I'll take Seattle. I'll take, uh, take them to cover. Um, I think I'm going to take the over though. I, I think Allen's going to, um, going to be able to pass. Allen's going to have one of his Allen statistical days. I think they're not going to be able to run the ball when it's not in his hands and he's going to have to throw late. I think they're going to find themselves behind. Uh, and maybe he finds a couple deep balls to Brown or, or, uh, or digs. And, and I think that this one pushes over, uh, pretty easily. All right. Then we go to, uh, Indianapolis, the five and two, uh, Baltimore Ravens. They are a two point. I have two or three here. Three point. Three point road favorite at the five and two Indianapolis Colts. 44 and a half is the over under one o'clock on CBS. Um, I think the Ravens are going to bounce back here. Uh, I, I don't. I don't necessarily buy into uh, Indianapolis as a five and two team. Um, uh, you know, they, they they beat a Lions team this past week, where the Lions are still the Lions. Where you know, whatever uh, anybody wants to believe them or not. Um, you know, so so I, I I don't I don't necessarily buy into Indianapolis as a true five and two. Uh, the Ravens have to settle themselves down um, a- after what was a disappointing, a little bit sloppy game. Uh, against Pittsburgh this past weekend. Uh, so I'm going to take the Ravens uh, to cover the three points, obviously get the win. I'm going to go with the over. I think they're going to they're gonna get uh, that offense going a little bit. And, Sean, you can go ahead and you can lock this one up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. It's funny you should point out the uh, Indianapolis Colts as a – uh, overrated, not getting a lot of quality wins, you know, beating a Detroit Lions team. Let me just run you through. Um, let me just run you through Baltimore's wins this season. Uh, Baltimore uh, opened the season with a win against Cleveland. Uh, they traveled and beat Houston. Then they lost to Kansas City, their first real test. They beat a Washington football team. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles by two points. Uh that is the Baltimore Ravens' track record of wins to this point. Uh, they've, they've lost to the Steelers, and they've lost to the Chiefs. The only two um, close losses, I, though, right? I'm going to say close over losses? 500 teams. Those are probably the only two they've played. Cleveland's uh, above 500. Are they? They're 5-3. Five and, three, five and three. All right, I'll give you that. They're 5-3. and three. It is an ugly five and three, but, and it's a Baker Mayfield led five and three. <laughs> but uh, close, I, I would run you through Cleveland's wins, but they're probably worse. They're, uh, yeah, don't do that. It's only going to make me feel worse about myself. So, having said that, that explains the two point spread. Uh, you also have a Ravens team that's struggling. Uh, I see here my man Jay Kuhn on the program. Um, show me Indianapolis defensive strengths of the corners, and the Ravens will run all over them. Um, on paper, I would agree with you. Uh, the downside is when you're the Ravens, you don't – I don't think anybody – Harbaugh, anybody knows who's going to touch the ball from play to play on a running game. Obviously, <laughs> Lamar Jackson's your best running threat uh, at any given time. Um, and you're right. I, I, I think my my um, my heart here or, or my head here says go with the Ravens. But I, I might go with my heart on this one. I've been looking at the offensive numbers that Indianapolis puts up. I still love that Indianapolis defense. I think that they've surprised some people this year. Uh, and I think that – you're not going to be able to run the ball every play. And the way Lamar Jackson's been doubting himself as a passer, it almost feels like a kicker who's on a cold streak. Uh, I think he throws a pick or two. I'm going to take the home team in this one, uh, and I'm going to take uh, Indianapolis. 
to to uh, surprise probably and and maybe establish themselves. Uh, Pip Rivers and his moxie going to come out on top. Um, so I'm going to take them. Um, not only to cover, I mean, I'm obviously not going to take them to cover two points. I'm going to take them to win this game outright. Uh, and uh, over under at 46, I'm going to take the over. I think a lot, I think enough points get scored here. I'm uh, going to push it over. So you can um, you can take your lock and uh, and just just hang it, uh, just save it for another day because uh, the Colts are going to beat them this day. All right, we will uh, we will see on that one. Then we go to Arizona. We go out to the desert. The four and three Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're at the five and two. Arizona Cardinals, who are a four and a half point home favorite, forty seven and a half uh, is the over under um, on this one. Uh, four twenty five on CBS. I think this is going to be an extremely close game. I think that um, Miami's defense playing uh, defense and special teams. You know, you know. I look, I look back and you hear a lot of coaches at times talk about if you can win two out of three uh, facets of the game, defense. Offense, special teams, you're, you're probably going to do okay. Um, you know, so if the, if the Miami offense still isn't kind of totally up to snuff where they want it to be with, with Tua at this point, the defense has stepped up, the special teams have stepped up. I think they're going to be able to do that again here against Arizona. I, I'm expecting a lot of points. I'm definitely uh, going to take the over in this game. Um, I like the Dolphins to cover the four and a half. I'm not necessarily going to say uh, that they're going to uh, pull the upset here. Uh, and go out to Arizona and get the win, but but I like them to keep this thing close uh, and keep it within about a field goal. Uh, so I like the Dolphins to cover uh, and definitely the over. So James is buying the Dolphins. I'm going to say sell, sell, sell. Uh, this has um, you know people kind of high on Tua. They're talking about the win. They're talking about the Dolphins. I'm talking about the Dolphins. You're talking about everybody's talking about the Dolphins. Um, you're not going to score two defensive touchdowns every week. Uh, they should have had a third. One of their offensive touchdowns this week was set up by a return, uh, pick up and run to the one or two yard line. Uh, you're not going to get that every week. And and um, does Kyler Murray have the potential to give you a couple turnovers? Absolutely. Uh, but uh, is he going to make you pay for him later? Yep. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to continue his uh, assault as the uh, second uh, best gunslinger in the NFC West. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to win this one. Um, by a pretty good handful of points. I like him to cover. Uh, I like Kyler Murray to impress. I like uh, touchdowns from both Hopkins and Christian Kirk. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one where Miami kind of kind of looks at looks tries to look for some offensive firepower from the quarterback, and they might miss Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit. Might even see Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit at the end of this game. Uh, I think this is um, this is going to be a smoke show uh, out, out there in um, – you can go ahead and lock up your Cardinals win in the desert. But you better take them over. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Wow. Wow. All right. Then we go to our <laughs> final uh, NFL game. Hey, you want an opportunity to catch up and to like make. I'm, I'm, I'm going the opposite of you a lot this week. So this I see. I see you're. I see you're doing that. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I feel like. I mean, we're at the midway point, kind of, of both seasons. I feel like if if yours hit and mine don't, um, yeah, either I'm pulling away or my train's derailed. Right, way, like we're we're we're, we're either gonna place. we're gonna get real close or or this thing might be over at the midway. Either way, it's gonna make headlines. That's right, absolutely will. Uh, then our final one, we go to the NFC South. We go not too far from where you are in the Sean Shine State. Uh, the five and two Saints at the six and two 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting in first place in that NFC South. They are a six-point home favorite, 53-and-a-half. Uh, this one is the Sunday night game, 820, of course, on NBC. Um, you know, the Bucks have looked a little vulnerable at times. The uh, the Saints have looked a little vulnerable at times. It's, it's you know, I'm, I'm – I'm, it, it just depends which of these teams show up. And I think that um, overall I feel more confident about Tampa Bay. I, I, I still feel like the Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees that we've known uh, for the length of his career. Uh, Father Time's catching up to him. It is what it is. I mean, it, 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 it was bound to happen at some point. Um, and, and I mean, Tom Brady just defies uh, all logic and reasoning when it comes to that sort of a thing. Uh, he and Gronk are starting to, to heat up. Uh, you, you have more receivers, um, you know, than they know what to do with. Antonio Brown back in the mix. Uh, I just like Tampa here. I think they're going to cover this six points. I think they're going to get the win um, and really start to put a stranglehold on this uh, NFC South. And I'm also going to take the over because I think it's going to be um, an offense show. Your your boy Jake here says Bucks all day. Linebackers too fast for the Bucks in that dink and dunk Saints offense. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think I don't think Drew Brees can spread the field uh, like he used to. Well, over the hill maybe. Um... A little less than uh, less than he had been, maybe. But this is also Drew Brees uh, that has won four straight coming into this game. Uh, they found ways to win. Uh, took an overtime win. Uh, took a juicy matchup against Chicago. Um, but hey, won one on the road in Chicago, outdoors in the cold. Impressive enough. Um, most important, I think the big thing here is, is I still can't find any news. Nobody can on Michael Thomas. Nobody seems to know, is it still an injury? Is it just him as a as a, a bit of a problem in the locker room. Uh, obviously, I think it's more the injury side of things. I think if it was really a problem, uh, this trade deadline would have come and gone. The, the, the Saints well over the salary cap uh, projected for next year. So I, I don't think it's so much a locker room problem as it is uh, a soft tissue problem. And I'm not going to lie to you. With some of the games they had in that four-game stretch, I think maybe they were hoping they could get out of that 3-1 and or 4-0. Oh. Um, I think – I, I think you're going to see Michael Thomas out there for this game. I think this was probably the target, uh, knowing uh, who they were playing. I think everybody's telling me to pick uh, Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> I watched a pretty sloppy Tampa Bay team uh, play in the Big Apple uh, yesterday. That was, uh, you know, I, you know, I've heard a lot of the, the Sean. That's, in. that's Tom Brady's kryptonite. The New York Giants are Tom Brady's kryptonite. That's true. So is Nick Foles. <laughs> anyway. Um, we have a uh, we have a team that that for all intents and purposes this should look like a walkthrough, um, and it may be, but I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not quite buying it just yet. I, I think uh, I think it seems too good to be true, uh, and I think this this kind of adds some excitement to that NFC South. Uh, I would love if Tampa Bay won, since at the beginning of this season I picked them to win uh, the NFC South, uh, but uh, I'm going to take that uh, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara to kind of uh, turn some people around. Um, Kawan Alexander technically making his return to the Tampa Bay area, playing for his new squad, the Saints. I don't know if they'll have him in on any packages or not, but why wouldn't? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that with the you have to clear COVID protocols. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Things like like that. I feel like he won't be with them this week, but he'll be around. He'll He'll be be around. He'll be be watching in spirit. Uh, Kwan Alexander, who I also saw leads the league in missed tackles uh, over the span of his career. So that's an interesting statistic. Uh, good pass rusher, not great tackler. Uh, but I'm going to take the Saints here. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, why not keep riding the uh, 
the anti-James wave today. You can be the new Dave, <laughs> and um, we'll go ahead and and I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Drew Brees. I'm gonna take Alvin Kamara, and um, this 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 feels like it has it has overall over it. I feel like that um, that number is kind of right where um, where I'm comfortable uh, on the over. I think the Saints are gonna put up enough points this week. Um, you know, and um, this this should be a pretty pretty fun game to watch. Um, but don't be surprised if uh, the pirate ship's not uh, not firing any cannons. It at should the end be of that a, game. it should be a better Sunday night game than we had this past week. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit better sell, you know. And and you know, I think uh, Drew Brees over the course of his career, when he plays against another uh, top tier Hall of Fame tier quarterback, tends to step up his game. Uh, and and I I think this might be the might be the one where he kind of reestablishes himself uh, as one of those quarterbacks this year. Certainly could. All right, Sean, that is going to uh, wrap us. Unless you, you have your your fantasy irrelevant, right? We, we should, the uh, the the fantasy irrelevant quarterback of uh, the fant. I said quarterback. The fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week, uh, and there were some candidates. Most of them in Indianapolis. Uh, we had um, uh, we had a Naheem Hines and Who? a Jordan Wilkins. Who? Two running backs not projected as the starter. One with yeah, two touchdowns and 60 total wanna, yards. One with one touchdown, that. 113 yards. Didn't even make honorable mention, however. We also had a Zach Moss vulturing two touchdowns in Buffalo. We had a Dion Lewis from Danny Dimes in New York. Still <laughs> not your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. By the way, your most fantasy relevant game happened uh, in the Vikings-Packers game where three, six total touchdowns, three for Dalvin Cook, three for Devontae Adams. Everybody got help that started those two. And um, here we go. Honorable mention this week goes to an Indianapolis Colt, the third-string tight end, Jack Doyle. Who? Doyle rules. Yeah, Jack Doyle. Uh, moving into third place, San Diego, uh, passing touchdown to a Gabe Neighbors. Who? Exactly. Not even spelled <laughs> like your neighbor next door, N-A-B-E-R-S. Can't even spell, let alone score, but he got one this week. Uh, second place, I know Jay Kuhn had this one. Uh, Albert Akwugbunam, tight end who? in Denver. That's your second place fantasy relevant touchdown of the week. And you're saying who could beat somebody whose name you couldn't even pronounce? It's a Bengal. We had a rushing touchdown for a Samaji Perrine all by himself getting the fantasy irrelevant touchdown Who the hell is this? Samaje Pirine Perrine. Yeah, locking in. You know, when you have a Giovanni Bernard fantasy owner in multiple leagues, that does not. Yeah, that does not. Yeah, Samaje 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 Perrine. Samaje Well, some other time, maybe. Some other time. He's the fantasy irrelevant touchdown. All right, Sean. We are going to wrap it up there. And uh, we will sure to uh, recognize Samaje P. Ryan as your uh, as your fantasy irrelevant TD of the week uh, on our social media. But let people know where they can follow you, and let's close this thing out. Yeah, all right. Yeah, hit me up on the Twitter at Shine State. Love to get uh, some more followers. You can always follow uh, live on the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week every Sunday. So uh, try to get some nominees up there. You can always put some on there yourself. Uh, either way, enjoy the game in Tampa this week. Uh, should be a chilly one. Uh, and enjoy your week of sports. 
All right, and you make sure you follow us at Huddle Up Podcast across all platforms, Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. If you go to our social media, just find the link tree and hit everything up. Uh, there we have some merchandise uh, that, that you can grab. It's on sale from now uh, through the end of November. And uh, look, obviously tonight's a big night uh, in the U.S., but uh, remember, your neighbor is still your neighbor when you wake up tomorrow, no matter what happens. Uh, so just be good to each other. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show on all uh, podcast platforms, YouTube, social media, our home network, of course, and GSC Sports and the sponsor of the show, Arena Eats. You'll hear from them as we go off the air. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?